Welcome to Bonta Vista. I am Andrew, joined by my friends Ben and Lucy. Hi. And it's episode 100. Woo! Don't know if that was... Not into it. (laughs) It's the episode 100 gong. Uh, I'm putting it back in the cupboard. (laughs) <laughs> Never to be wheeled out again because well, of its very specific purpose. Oh, you said it's the episode 100 gog. It's I not do. the every 100 episode gog. It's the centennial gog. <laughs> <laughs> every 100 episodes, I wheel out this thing that's taking up a full cupboard in a spare room in my house. Uh, my wife's like, why can't we get rid of this thing? And I'm like, well, in another 99 episodes, you'll see. Andrew, it's me or the gong. <laughs> <laughs> In fairness, my my wife has many more large ob- objects occupying too much of the house than I do. Um, she's a, a full size loom. Women be looming. Women be weaving. They be weaving. I know a lot of people with looms, uh, and uh, they're all women. <laughs> I'm not saying that all women love looms. I'm saying that all of the people I know that love looms are women. Hmm. Can't argue with it. All three of them. Okay, that's science. <laughs> that's a good sample number. <sighs> what sort of size looms are you talking about, though? Uh, looms where you can't put them in a cupboard, I'll tell you that much. You kind that's of need a, a dedicated hefty loom. looming like one, room. Ones with all the foot pedals and stuff? Um, I don't really have the terminology to describe these looms to you. Uh, they've got nails on them. You twist stuff around the nails and then you thread those hmm. see El- Elna's Elna's got a um, a four shaft floor loom which oh. has like a, the whole thing it's got like a big rack that you push back and forth a spool that you like throw through along the along the thing you know operate multiple pedals and stuff it's uh it's pretty cool that's how you get the that's how you get like the woven patterns in things is different combinations hmm. of the pedals being up and down Kicking off episode 100 with Loom, Loom Chat. Talk. Loom Talk. Anyway, folks, we know that you came here for the hottest in uh, in Hottest Loom, loom takes. <laughs> I just want to point out that if you look at the lowercase uh, word Loom and then you stretch the O's into a slightly more <laughs> oblate, no, the other one, ellipsoid kind of shape, um, you do, in fact, you've got the number 100 in there. <laughs> <laughs> so it all works out oh my goodness oh my goodness well oh, i don't even know what to say to that folks we're all still we're all still a little dejected about the state of australian politics at the moment i believe i think that's a fair assessment dejected mm. downcast downtrodden very downtrodden yep. Bunch of mopey bitches over here. Um, so, you know, what else can we do but retreat to the landscape of Australia's dumb media for just the hottest of takes? Hottest of takes that have come out post-election. Um, we have we have had all sorts of stuff like um, Chris Kenny crying on Sky News when Tony <laughs> got voted out. That was pretty good. Um, oh, we, we, we didn't chat about how... Um, how that One Nation billboard uh, billboard truck got set on fire. Oh, um, yeah. Incredible yeah, stuff. <laughs> very, very good. Um, so, Pauline Hanson posted about that and was like, see what the left does when they disagree with your ideas. Um, and then the police investigated and said, yeah, someone dropped a cigarette in the truck and set it on fire. Uh, so, <laughs> so, they've said it is not suspicious. There is no foul play suspected. Uh, and this led to newly returned um, Senator Malcolm Roberts, uh, favourite little crackpot, climate climate change denying uh, gnome. Uh, that led to him going on Sky News and declaring that that was the fault of lefties because they've banned smoking everywhere, which meant that their driver had to hide inside the truck smoking his cigarette, was, which is what caused the fire. Was that real? Because the screenshot that that was posted with was an appearance of him from December last year. Uh-oh. Oh. Have I been fake-newsed again? I think you might have been fake-newsed. I think someone oh, was doing a little joke. 
A little jope? A little jope. <laughs> I couldn't decide Having a jope. Joke and jape. Uh, joping around. He was joping around. I think you might have just been goofed. You've been joped oh, no. off, Andrew. Oh, no. Same. I've been, um, I've been, <laughs> I've been tricked by Batman's nemesis, <laughs> the joper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, fake news gets me again. But we did have some real news, some real hard-hitting news. Uh, we had a piece in the Sydney Morning Herald that was brought to us by A.C. Griffiths. Now, I know what you're all turning and saying to each other. The A.C. Griffiths? The A.C. Griffiths. <laughs> the? Who the I cannot A. find any other online presence. You know, trace of in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you you do get the, the fun um, glamour shots that she provided herself to the paper. <laughs> to Where, do we thing. think this is real? Like a real person? Or? Do we think that this is a real person? Yeah, I feel like... I, I think a lot of people are saying this seems like it was written by a Sydney Morning Herald writer and just I attributed mean, to a mysterious person named A.C. Griffith. I'm more willing to believe that just the sheer incompetence and desperation for traffic of a former Fairfax opinion editor getting someone with the most milquetoast opinion in the world to write a dumb article is more likely than someone at the Sitting Morning Herald being like, we're going to false flag this bitch. True. It's true. It's extremely strange. It does have a whole lot of people asking questions, um, especially considering the other piece that we will come to, which was written in response to this piece. <laughs> but A.C. Griffiths has um, blessed us with a very, very smart column entitled, I'm young, I voted liberal, and I am not a bigot. My I am not a bigot t-shirt is raising a lot of questions <laughs> that are already answered by my t-shirt. A.C. Griffith says, On Sunday morning, many Australians found themselves staring into their morning coffee, wondering at what point the Labor Party lost the unlosable election. Betting agencies had paid in favour of a Labor win days in advance. Even the Liberal leader called the election win a miracle. I am a young, female, Victorian, inner-city dweller, but I made the decision to give my vote to the Liberal Party, as I have since the 2013 election, the first time I voted. However, the elation I experienced on Sunday morning over the Liberal win was short-lived. Why would you be elated over that? I know. Imagine being like, yeah, they, they can get back in and enact their policies of not, not doing anything specific. Let's celebrate all those policies of just not doing anything about anything. Woo! Elated. (laughs) Jubilant. Uh, According to social media, I am scared, uneducated, a bigot, should be ashamed, have condemned the planet to burn, pathetic, not a feminist, probably hate gays, hate minorities, (laughs) and probably want to stop women from having access to abortions. Mm-hmm. I just this is such a, a small quibble, but the way that they've constructed that list, you know, the the thing at the start of the list is meant to be able to append to every item in the list, right? She's like, yeah, I am, this, I am, et cetera, as opposed I to- am probably hate gays. I love that. I am. The well, next well, line well, is also no, fantastic. No, it's, but it's not even. It's not even. I am, comma probably hate gays. The list starts with I, oh, and then no, the I next am. item is. Am scared, which means that these items should read as I uneducated, I a bigot, I should be ashamed, I have condemned the planet to, to I burn. Pathetic. I pathetic. <laughs> That's the name of the episode right there. I comma pathetic. I not a feminist. It starts to turn into like caveman style. That's an asymmetrical construction. Hmm. Gotta T- destroy it. Terrible stuff. Um, wandering around the streets of Melbourne on this unseasonably warm Sunday. Can we pause on that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> After just, I I haven't condemned the planet to burn. Like, is this is this satirical? Like, yeah. immediately saying unseasonably warm Sunday. I went out on an uncommon thirty-eight degree <laughs> winter's day. <laughs> I was walking outside during climate change, and all of a sudden. Anyways, I felt continue. many negative many negative emotions, but no regret about the ballot I cast. Instead, I was sad that many people saw liberal voters as a negative influence on this country. Huh. Hmm. It's weird. It's so weird. 
weird that people would think about uh, stagnating wages and divisive pol- policy and, uh, you know, l- like leaders of the country making using their platform to say things like it's okay to be a bigot and to vote for motions like it's okay to be white. Weird that people would think that that's a negative influence. I would like our nation to take a collective deep breath and hear me out, comma, please. I would like to remind Australians of policies and laws that the right, in scare quotes, as though they're not actually right-wing, I guess, have enacted, in hope it might quell the fear experienced in the present. The political triumphs listed below are not in order of importance or year, but rather a reflection of how progressive the Australian Conservative Political Party has been and can be. Mm. Even even just trying to cast the literally the Conservative Party as just how the, progressive, the progressive they can be. Party. Um <clears throat> So she starts off with the United Australia Party under Herbert Payne made voting compulsory. Australia is one among only a handful of nations where voting is mandatory. So like how how long ago are we talking here? For starters, we're talking about before it was even the Liberal Party. It was the United Australia Party, yeah. So Clive Palmer's <laughs> Clive yeah, Palmer's deal. Clive Palmer's United Australia Party made voting so, compulsory. We're talking about um about like nineteen thirty ish here. So that's a nice recent achievement of the Liberal Party. Uh, this this to me is like absolutely into the territory of like, you know you know like Dinesh D'Souza in the States where he's always like, uh, I think you'll find that the Democrats are the ones who wanted slavery. Yeah, it's the KKK was started by the Democrats argument. Yeah, yeah. And it's like that's cool and everything, but which one still has all the KKK members which one's still doing all the open racism Mm -hmm. the closing the borders and and the multiculturalism is bad and all that this article doesn't get any better either it really doesn't under the Menzies administration in 1962 voting rights were extended to indigenous Australians granted this was horribly late but that was an indictment on the nation not the conservative party I love to vote for administrations that did something good before my mother was born. You know? <laughs> yeah, just it's just so so far from having anything to do with anything like Oh, but I'm I'm sure she mentioned some modern policy reasons at the end I'm of the sh- article. She must. I, she absolutely would. He certainly wouldn't vote only on a an old historical record. Uh, let's see. Um, Harold Holt deserves a notable mention. In 1967, <laughs> he held a referendum on the right for Indigenous Australians to be counted in the census. The Liberal Party was also the first political party to have an Indigenous person in Parliament. Neville Bonner joined the Senate and served in the Liberal Party for 12 years. Um, I like the the way that, like, it like isn't it isn't it the right that hates the idea of like. Um, you know, identity politics, <coughs> identity mm. politics and like, you know, token representatives of communities and stuff like that. And instead here you've got, oh yeah, we've like absolutely dogged this community for decades, but we we had one in there for 12 years. Mm-hmm. It's just like they passed gay marriage, you know? Oh yeah. Well- Are we getting to that? <laughs> Uh, Malcolm Fraser established the SBS, accepted Vietnamese refugees after the war, and strongly opposed apartheid. Now, let's just pause on that one for a second, because um, that would be that would be the SBS that, that um, this government cut funding to. Is constantly cutting funding to and desperately would like to privatize, who makes them run commercials on their network, yep. um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, won't accept many refugees. Accept, yep. Won't accept refugees uh, from anywhere. I mean, we we are now at a point where we're seeing all of these news reports come out about um, people who are migrants to Australia who have been awaiting their permanent citizenship. And now, just on the eve of getting their permanent citizenship, they have had a son with cystic fibrosis. And so now they've been told that they're all going to be deported Um 
back to Ireland because their son will be too much of a drain on the healthcare system. Oh, cool. So, um, not even just refugees, like uh, kids who've lived here their whole lives, uh, born with a disability, who are told, mm, we'd, rather not, we'd rather not look after you and your kind, so what we'll do is instead um, deport you to a country you've never been in before and send your parents uh, back to where they, where they were from decades ago. Oh, and strongly opposed apartheid. Um, good to see, though, that we're still opposing a, an apartheid state in Israel and insisting on... Um, Scott Morrison was, like, floating the idea of moving the Australian embassy to Jerusalem, wasn't he? Mm, yeah, I heard that. Trying to, follow the, uh, trying to follow the Trump thing. I love to list the reasons that I voted for a party that are just blatantly the, the opposite of what the party stands for now. Yeah, just a, just an example of things things that were done decades and decades ago. Mm-hmm. This may be little known, but John Gorton introduced a parliamentary motion from the opposition supporting the legalization of same gender sexual relations. Like, cool. <laughs> I love this. It's like one one bill from one from bill. Mal- and here we are, Malcolm Turnbull as leader of the Liberal Party passed laws legalizing gay marriage. Get many, fucked. <laughs> many will say there was an issue with the process, but as it stands, the right side of government passed the bill on same-sex marriage, not the left. Not how government works oh, and also just... So fucking um, much. I like knew they I, would do this. If you could cherry pick things, you could also maybe cherry pick the fact that it was fucking uh, John Howard that actually made it specifically so that gay marriage wasn't legal in Australia when the he wording sure was did. ambiguous in the Marriage Act. Yep. Uh, and also that the man who is currently Prime Minister were, took part of this postal survey and then abstained from voting after his own electorate cast vote saying that they wanted the motion supported in Parliament. Mm-hmm. Uh, he chose to just not cast a vote instead, along with Tony Abbott and a whole bunch of other people. So, you know, they're, yeah, they're really interested in democracy and representing their constituents, um, except for when it comes to comes to the gays getting married. I don't, I don't I, it just the level of like complete dishonesty it takes to position that as, oh, this was done by them, you know. As as opposed to, they they were just forced, kicking and screaming down every channel they could take to possibly avoid doing mm-hmm. it, and then a whole bunch of them just didn't even participate in the final act of getting it across the line, and they still want to take credit for it like they're fucking civil rights warriors. Just pathetic. And like, it, I don't even it, like whether this article makes sense or not doesn't really matter why does it exist what is the point of it like to just to just make someone feel better about the fact that their friends are like why did you vote for people that fucking hate us all if my friends were like hey man you suck my first thing would be like oh wait one second i'm composing (laughs) an email to the opinion editor of the sydney morning herald and you'll all hear about this like, it's fucking just so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, just this idea that these people need this, like, I mean, I mean, obviously the fundamental problem with this piece is that there is absolutely no mention of any reason for supporting this government. Not one. Absolutely not even one. Not even really recent. Not even since Tony Abbott was elected. Uh, so, well, continuing on, let's just see if she comes up with anything here. Uh, the Australian right, she's got scare quotes around right and left throughout this entire piece. This is um, the sort of people whose engagement with politics makes them believe that there's no such thing as, like, positions. Mm. Yeah. Like, oh, the right. Like, that's real. Like, it's that's all the thing. same, man. They all do the same stuff, you know? Uh, the Australian right has passed nation-changing laws that were not part of its mandate as a conservative party. It did so because the Liberal and National Coalition understands what is right for Australia. 
On countless occasions, the right of Australia has followed a moral compass and passed legislation more progressive than the left in many other countries. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck does that have to do with what? anything? More, just like more progressive than the left in a different country. Is that... Jesus Christ. Oh. This like, is an intelligent what, article. <laughs> to every Greens or Labor or other minor party supporter who feels saddened or disenfranchised by the election on Saturday, these facts are for you. We who voted for the coalition did not vote out of fear, nor naivety, bigotry, or anger. Rather, we voted with our hearts for a party that will do the right thing on social issues but which can also lead a country through a challenging time economically. Fuck off. <laughs> Source for either of these claims. <laughs> There's just, just nothing. Labor supporters, I'm sorry you were left blindsided and heartbroken. In time, you will heal. And <laughs> Shut I am the fuck sure up. <laughs> rally around your new leader. But for now, gain heart from these facts because the members of the coalition are not monsters. Rather, they are Australia's preference for a third term. A.C. Griffiths is some fucking lady who votes in... Some lady. <laughs> like... In so, time, you will heal, Andrew. Jesus Christ. And like, yeah, just just rattling off things that, that governments of which there are like no remaining members of decades past did in completely unrelated times... In in a in ways that like relate in no way shape or form to the current ideological makeup and agenda of the Liberal Party, and then not naming anything that that the current version of the Liberal National Coalition does that you support. Like mm. imagine writing a whole fucking column about why you voted for the Liberals that doesn't actually make mention of anything to do with the election that you just voted in. Not even, not even like getting into specific policies. Even if mm. you just wanted to say, "Here's things that Labor were proposing that I think were bad," but they can't even name a single fucking thing. No, I think it is uh, perfectly ordinary to choose your vote vote based on which party a hundred years ago made it legal for Irish travellers to go into milk bars. <laughs> it's just, it's just so completely irrelevant. And like, it would be, it might be different if. If like your party had a had a long and storied history of being the front runner on a specific kind of issue, and they were still pushing that agenda today, that mm. would be something that you could actually draw a through line from and say, "Hey, here's the thing that we've always been about, and we're still doing it today, and we're still going strong." But it's just like here are these completely unrelated, arbitrary facts from fucking 1930. And that's why I voted for the Liberals. Just hmm. incredibly frustrating stuff. This answers a lot of my questions about why people vote Liberal. Yeah, because that's my team. That's my team that I fucking picked. It's that's my, my team. Te I always that's vote Liberal. That's my team that my parents picked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my parents always voted like this, and they told me it's because Liberals are good at the economy, and also I don't give a fuck about anything or pay attention to anything. Uh, then everybody yelled at me for voting for them, so I was forced to open up their Wikipedia page. Why are all my friends mad at me? It's an extremely, extremely... I had to do a 400-word essay. Uh-huh. So I opened up the, the Wikipedia page of the Liberal Party. Real grade six essay on the Liberal Party. <sighs> Incredibly. The A.C. Griffiths? The A.C. Griffiths. <laughs> Sure, Incredibly they can't will out anyone more high profile than that. Well, you'd think that, and you'd be a fool. You'd be a, a blithering fool. And I'll tell you why. Because the Sydney Morning Herald, in response to this piece, which it published itself, <laughs> <laughs> they said, hey, hey, we, uh, we, we really need to hear more of these important voices, and that's why we're going to publish an article titled a retort to my friend who wrote, I'm young and I voted liberal, by M. Gibson, who I believe we can all only assume is a famous anti-Semite, Mel, <laughs> oh. Mel Gibson. Mel <laughs> Gibson. Oh, my God. All right, so if we're ready for it to get dumber, um, 
I am writing in response to my friend, the AC Griffiths, <laughs> and her article, which appeared under the headline, I'm young, I voted liberal, and I am not a bigot. I too am young, I voted labor. Griffiths wrote her article after I expressed my dismay at her promoting a party whose members, not all, but many, actively campaigned against same-sex marriage and turned LGBTIQ relationships into a topic for national debate. Um, Not all, but many is pretty uh, generous there, I think. It's like... Tim Wilson? Sure. Maybe one or two other people. Uh... As her friend, and as a lesbian, I was hurt that young voters could so readily forget or ignore the experience of myself and others during that time. To Griffiths, I know you are not a bigot, but I believe you are misguided. Here, here is basically the entire cut and thrust of the article, which is, um, you have told me, Nature Corner, you're a beautiful bird. Oh, that's here. Um, I don't know what it is. A Hawaiian bird. The classic. That's Lucy. That's me. <laughs> hey. Hey. Oh. Um, yeah, the, so the entire cut and thrust of this thing is um, my friend voted for the wrong party that very actively promotes and enables bigotry, uh, does dog whistling, is anti-immigration, all that sort of stuff. But it's not her fault that she voted for them. Um. To others, I was genuinely interested to find out why a young person would vote liberal, given how out of touch I regard the party as being with young people. By the reader reaction to Griffith's article, many others were interested too. Sadly, on my reading, Griffith supplied a selective and ill-researched defense of the Liberal Party's social values. Her cheering for the Liberal Party reminded me of how sports fans rallied to their teams. Hmm. It's a little like that over here, isn't it? And like a sports fan reliving long past glories, Griffiths reaches back into history and cherry-picks details of reforms introduced by the conservative side of politics over the decades to suggest that the Liberals are a socially progressive force. But just how socially progressive is the modern Liberal Party when it chooses to put Australians through a divisive debate, debate and vote on whether or not every citizen should be entitled to marry the person they love? Griffith's article lacked detail on current liberal policies that might have attracted her vote, and omission readers have since noticed. (laughs) I can tell you what policies I voted for. Policies to bolster the nation's social, economic, and environmental well-being. I voted for funding for hospitals, community services, public schools, and for Labor's stance on humanitarian issues, immigration, and renewable energy. I don't know about their immigration. I don't know about that one. And here's the part that, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. I do not consider my friend culpable for her liberal vote or for what? the party's win. What? Uh. Mm. Who is mm. then? Uh. <laughs> it's it's not it's not the people who voted. It's not the people who voted for the party who are responsible for them being in power. It's um. Help me out here. Yerks. Uh. It's yerks from Animorphs. You know the okay. little worms they get in your ear and they control your brain. Okay. Yeah. It's there. It's, it's yerks. I do not consider my friend culpable for her liberal vote or for the party's win, but I hope she and other young voters take this as an opportunity to hear what was important to their peers in this election. Anger directed at voters of different persuasions will do nothing to move us forward from team allegiances. We need passionate, young political ambition to be heard. M. Gibson is also some lady. Uh, so I just to me this this perfectly encapsulates this idea of you know people who are completely safe and sheltered in their lives none of this shit is is having an impact on them either way I mean like you know obviously I sympathize with this woman um, and what she had to go through during the entire public debate about same-sex marriage in this country it was fucked up but it's absolutely bizarre to be like and I don't hold the supporters of that party and people who voted for them responsible for that in any way. Mm. Like, th- that's that's how they get there to be able to do it. How do you not? How do you not say to somebody you are? <laughs> also, just I mean, no explanation of why, no reason as to why her friend isn't culpable for her own vote. 
while she believes she is just misguided. I mean, she was uh, guided enough to write a fucking piece about it for a newspaper. Mm. Apparently, she felt passionate enough and offended enough at being lumped in with the other fucking people who voted the same way as she did to write a piece about it and submit it to the newspaper. But she's she's not culpable for her vote, I guess. I'm going to need AC Griffiths to write it a response. Oh, Do you know, I this isn't just- done... <laughs> I did did see a lot of people online saying like, so is this is the opinion page of this paper just going to be this friendship group <laughs> all just weighing in on various issues now? Oh, as a friend to both of these ladies, I want to write a piece of <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, just State of the discourse. It's going well, obviously. Oh, and just... Like I said, I mean, you know, again, I, I absolutely sympathize with with anybody who, you know, had to had to deal with everything during the same sex marriage debate. But it's also like, yeah, if if that's if that's the only kind of way in which um, this government and its policies have affected someone, then I would say that they are probably relatively s- secure in the rest of their mm-hmm. life. Whereas if that's the only thing that you can sort of think of to say like, hey, this stuff actually has like a fucked up effect on people's lives. Yeah. How about immigration policy and welfare and all of those ways in which the Liberal Party is um, really messing with people. Now, because this is apparently entirely what our media is composed of now, I have another piece for you here. You don't. This one, <laughs> this one, I think this one made me uh, much madder than the other ones. Um, so this one is, uh, the PM was talking about my migrant parents when he spoke about the quiet Australians by oh, Nicole McInnes. So much. Quiet some, Australians can go fuck themselves. Some other lady. On Saturday nights, newly re-elected Prime Minister Scott Morrison said the quiet Australians had won a great victory. It has been those Australians who have worked hard every day, he said. For the first time in my life, I nearly cried at an Australian politician's speech. You're a loser. <laughs> imagine crying. Imagine crying at the guy who's standing up at the podium Scott saying, Morrison's saying how good is Australia? How good are Australians? <laughs> That's beautiful, oh, Scott. How good are they? Tony. 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 <laughs> Oh boy! Oh, that clip is going to play in my in my dreams and my nightmares. Go on, then tell me where your parents migrated from. You see, my parents are quiet Australians. My father worked for forty years as a truck driver, three shifts a day, six days a week. One that started at one a.m. Mum tells a story from before I was born where they found Dad asleep on someone's doorstep during a milk run because he was doing that and two other jobs, including driving a taxi. When his company made their employed drivers contractors, he only got holidays when he could find a subcontract driver to do his shifts. So we didn't go on many, and when we did, we stayed in a caravan on a small block of land he'd bought near Tea Gardens. Alright, so... Just... Just stopping right at the right at the opening bell here. So, your your dad had to do um, three jobs. He had to. I'm I'm kind of trying I'm trying to figure out how how you can do three shifts a day, one at one a.m. and also work two other jobs. Be a taxi Sounds illegal. And do a milk run at the same time. Sounds like his dude was working twenty six hours a day. But besides that, so so your dad had to work um, at least three jobs all the time. When his company made their employed drivers contractors, he only got holidays when he could find subcontract drivers to do shifts. So again, something that is historically the policy of the liberals is um, to to help weaken industrial relations, to to make it so that. Um, you know, to, to try and strip power from unions, mm-hmm. to make it so that you can't do collective bargaining, um, and ideally to casualize the workforce as much as possible, mm-hmm. drive people onto contracts, 
um, force everybody onto individual agreements, all that sort of stuff, which has um, fucked up our workforce a lot over the last 20 years or so. That kind of thing is she talking about? Yeah, it sounds bad. It sounds like something that the right wing are super into and super into allowing companies to do. But hey, that's probably unrelated to this. Probably. He earned enough to send me to a Catholic girls' school, but private school was financially out of the question. Oh, oh I had to go to a Catholic school instead of a private school. <laughs> it was a it was a public Catholic school. I don't. Yeah, I don't really understand this one. I don't get how that would work. I don't think that's a thing. There's no such thing as a government Catholic school, right? I don't a think ca- so. A Catholic girls' school. So yeah, like a a Catholic school which is also only for girls, but somehow isn't a private school. Mm. Uh, if we're wrong about this, feel free to contact Andrew and let him know. Contact me. Right in. Right into to uh, at bundavista.com and say, uh, actually, there's tons of Catholic girls-only uh, public schools in this country. But hey, maybe we're wrong. I got many things, but my childhood was one of meager living so that when I left high school, he could support me through five long years of university. Get a job, lady. Get a, are you serious? Oh, no. My dad paid for everything while I went to university for five years. Paid for five years of uni. You've had a rough time, sweetie. I was the first in my family to attend. He is retired now, and due to his hard work and ability to invest in some property, he is self-funded. My parents live in a small house on the central coast, having moved from Sydney just before the property boom. They are still not rich and live without luxury, but they are comfortable and free. If successful this election, this was a family that the Labour Party would have deemed wealthy enough to punish for their hard work, preferring to reward those that are a drain on society, taking a pension... Taking a pension makes you a drain on society now. Mm-hmm. Also, I think when she said that her family wasn't rich, it kind of sounds like she's saying that they are rich. Yeah, so it's it's weird that they're that they are definitely not wealthy. They're they're independently self funded retirees who are definitely not wealthy, but also would have been a target for higher tax rates or. Mm. Changes to negative gearing, perhaps? Do they have multiple investment properties, but also no money? Kind of hard. Kind of hard to uh, say. But, um, but of course, this, this is one of these pieces where the person immediately reveals what they actually think about other people, which is that if you're taking a pension, you you're are a drain. being rewarded for being a drain on society. None of these people ever actually go to the extent of answering... The, the like implicit question that comes with that which is what would you like somebody who is like past the age where they can still work who's like physically unable to work anymore but also does not through through whatever reasoning does not have enough of a body of money there to pay for themselves for the rest of their lives what what do they want to happen to those people do they just, just got to get rid of die? them take nana and granddad out back and shoot them soylent green Mm-hmm. Some soil green action going here. We need to. Uh, what's the movie? Logan's Run. Well, once you once you get past mm. a certain age, just it's Logan's Run. Our grandparents. Snack. Yeah. <clears throat> but on Saturday night, the quiet, hard-working Australians spoke. They spoke words the loud left wing have never let them say. You're allowed to say it. You literally say it constantly. <laughs> These are the quiet ones that have never taken a hand out. Even when they arrived in Australia after months on a ship from Europe to escape the war in 1937, they didn't expect help. So again, this is this is getting into this this, this weird region here. Um, even when he was pulled from school at 14, despite showing promise in maths and forced to work in his father's fruit shop, my father never expected others to look after him. So again, like being pulled from school at 14 and forced to immediately start full-time work is good? It's good, actually. It's good for everyone? Or, like, I just I just don't understand. I feel like this is a very, very, um, very, like, Americanized kind of 
the the obsession with pulling yourself up by your bootstraps type of thing. Mm-hmm. While complaining about how rough the conditions were before. Yeah, exactly. What like what this sort of stuff really reminds me of is like the whole the whole discourse around like hitting your kids, you know, of like yeah, it's um, like I got hit, so why yeah. can't my kids get hit? My parents beat the shit out of me, so my kids should should put up with being hit. And like, I turned out fine. I'm not emotionally stunted and feel the need to hit yeah. my children also. Yeah. And like, and I think that, um, I think that there's, there's sort of parallels in the, in the psychology of them. The average, uh, very average, uh, backseat psychology, mm. which is like, I think that, um, I think that like people have this idea of things like, you know, your parents hitting you and screaming at you and shit like that where everybody wants to think of their parents as having well i'm sure a lot of people want to think of their parents as just having done the best that they could Mm. and and yeah having having just tried their best and everything so even if your parents hit you or whatever then in your mind you you have two options there you either have to sort of think to yourself oh if my parents hit me and hitting your kids is bad then then my parents that, are bad. Well, or at the very least, it means that there are points at which your parents weren't doing something that had your best interests at heart. Mm. And so people wind up like, you know, reverse engineering, uh, reverse engineering this whole logic to it of like, oh, well, actually, you know, that's it's it's better for kids to have to deal with some of that shit. And it, oh, you know, if, if people can't grab their child very hard by the upper arm and shout in their face in front of people, then, then oh, they'll be soft or whatever. Despite the fact that, you know, like, I'm pretty sure that absolutely all research that has ever been conducted on it just shows that there are no positive long-term or short-term benefits of any kind mm-hmm. to hitting your children. So, people have to convince themselves, well, it's not actually bad, because if it was bad, then my parents did something bad to me. Yeah. A lot like, of psychological gymnastics. Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. I got hit by my parents. Like, you know, I got I got struck with wooden spoons and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that my my parents now would be like, yeah, that's awesome. And you should be doing it to, to your kids. You should be <laughs> you should be hitting our grandchildren. with. Why aren't you spoons. hitting our grandchildren harder? Yeah, and and so I think in some ways that that people, you know, people are like doing doing like either what they were used to or what they thought was best at the time, or or even like you know people people know that it's not the best thing to do, but like real life is hard mm. um, sometimes. That's a reasonable opinion to have on it. Well, like. Like, yeah, having having my own kids now, like, I know that, like, our, our, kids, our kids have both been sick for, like, the second half of this week, which means that they've been, like, stuck inside the house, and they got cabin fever, and they're going Ugh. crazy, and our three-year-old is at this point that three-year-olds get to where she just cannot stop noise from coming out of her mouth, mm. and they're both... They're both really nice kids. They're both really sweet little girls. But I've still found myself going in like in my head. Oh, my God. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Stop talking to me. <laughs> like <laughs> you do. You, you get hugely frustrated. And and yeah, you get short with your kids. You speak to them in ways that you then say, oh, I really shouldn't have done that. And like, like I said, that's that's life. Life is. People do not always act absolutely perfectly at every point in their life. Mm -hmm. But I can also look at that and say, that's not how I should have handled that situation. I can look at it and say, just because I got hit with wooden spoons and shit when I was a kid, it doesn't mean that that's a great way to do it. A good thing. But instead, you wind up with people like this of... You know, my my parents got pulled out of school at 14 despite showing promise in, in... various areas and instead they were forced to into full-time labor as a teenager but they never expected other people to look after them when my mother left a loveless home at 16 and began to work as an usher in a city theater she didn't expect anyone to help her either 
And like, there's there's just to me this fundamental kind of brokenness in this of like just yeah. because just because they didn't expect anyone to help them. Does that mean no one should ever strive to help each no other? No one should help anyone. Yeah, like 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 it really is the my my parents hit me so it's okay for me to hit my kids. It's I didn't get help so it's okay for other people to not get help. Mm. There's well, also this I mean, common attitude that I feel like is coming through a bit in this, which is always like rich people that say, "Oh, well, we might be rich now, but my parents worked hard." Like, as though the person has some responsibility for the fact that their parents worked hard, so therefore they don't have any kind of privilege. Yeah, like, it's this transitive property. Because, like, what what this lady is describing to us the whole time is, I was taken care of every step of the way. Yeah, I was, 100%. I was kept, yeah, I was kept safe and fed and clothed, and somebody else worked hard to put me through university so I could be put in this advantageous position. And now I don't think I have any kind of privilege in society. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have any privilege and, and uh, you know, nobody has any kind of responsibility to anyone else to try and make it so that people also have that opportunity. Mm. They understood their own strength, the power of their ingenuity, the get up and go the lucky country inspired in them. Mm. I'm rolling they, my eyes so hard. Yeah. They knew that if they worked hard, they could make a life for themselves and their future family. They lifted themselves from immigrant working class to somewhere in the middle. Very deliberately vague. Mm-hmm. But like, <clears throat> I, yeah, again, this this still just doesn't take into account. You know what this makes me think of is like, when when you see interviews with like celebrities or actors or whatever, and they always talk about like... Um, Oh, and I worked a shitty job waiting tables, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, people love those interviews with actors where they talk about the shitty jobs that they had. Yeah, they Before love they it. were rich and famous, you know, because it proves that they they were shitty and poor too and they worked hard and they managed to find all this success. And all I ever think of whenever I see that story is, that's great. Now, what about the other 500,000 people for every one person who winds up being an A-list Hollywood celebrity? Yeah. Who, like, moved out to LA and worked at a shitty bar or whatever and plugged away trying to, you know, get scripts to people and do auditions and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. The obvious... Yeah, the obvious implication of the pull yourself up by your bootstraps type shit is, well, that person just... They mustn't have worked hard enough or... Yeah, it's just this implicit suggestion that only rich people worked hard. I don't know like, what, like, they think that poor people are doing all the time. Like, we just, like, hang out. Well, it just, it just also, like, it just completely dismisses, uh, uh, as part of, part of, like, the analogy of the Hollywood thing, it completely dismisses the relevance of, like, life is a lottery. Life mm. is, is just, people are not in control of everything that happens to them. Like, people get sick. People unexpectedly die. Like, people people get injured in work in a way that means that they can't work anymore. Mm. Like, all kinds of shit happens to people. People people marry someone and then find out that they're abusive afterwards. Like, yeah. just so many things that happen to people that are just out of their control. Not to mention how many people that would potentially be in a in a position exactly like this person's talking about, who would do something like marry someone purely for financial security, mm. who turns out to be an abuser, you know? Yep. And it's like, so what's that person's options? They get to stay in an abusive relationship for the rest of their life or until they get murdered. Or you can, you know, go and be like a single mother and... There's like, never any solution. It's always like, well, you should have like got a different job when you were younger or you shouldn't have had kids. And then it's like, okay, like what now? You can't yeah. just like tell people what they shouldn't have done and then be like, well, it's your fault now. Or it's this constant trotting out of examples of just, yeah, well, my parents worked hard, way harder than they should have had to. And, and now they're fine. So the end, mm, everything's the good end. for everyone now. It's like this complete psychological refusal to accept that 
that anything that they had is by luck. I don't know where yeah. that comes from. Maybe it's because you have to then inherently accept that life is not fair and the things that are happening to less fortunate people, like, it's not fair and that could happen to you or anyone. Well, even, like, even in this woman's case, like I said, just even, even discounting, like, you know, she's saying, oh, my parents worked incredibly hard to pull themselves up and get themselves to a point where they could put me through university and now my life uh, rocks and I've got everything and it's, everything's fine. Mm. Like, even that is ignoring the implicit, like, luck that comes with having parents who had, like, a work ethic to go and do that. Yeah. Yeah. Most people like, don't have those parents either. Yeah, good. like, good for you, lady. You didn't have parents where, like, you know, one of them accidentally got addicted to heroin at some point or your dad just went out for cigarettes when you were six <laughs> and never fucking came back, like happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, and again, like you said, she's casting that as though that is some kind of, like, inherent inherent quality that she has has somehow transitively gained from her parents, yeah. you know? As opposed to purely... Like, yeah, again, being unable to recognize your own luck of being born to parents who have then worked hard enough to give you some semblance of security in life. But just being completely unable to recognize how many people's lives don't work out like that. And again, in in as much of a way that has nothing to do with them or their actions as this lady's life has nothing to do with her actions. It's all somebody else's work that she's living off. Mm-hmm. But nobody else should be living off anybody else's work, except for her. Except for her, yeah. So, it gets, it gets extremely ridiculous now. If you thought that this was pretty dumb. Uh, there are people like my father in this country now, and they also don't want a handout from guilt-ridden eastern suburbs residents who look condescendingly on anyone outside of the five-kilometer ring road from Bondi Beach. <laughs> okay. They don't want a Valcluse Chanel-wearing ex-CEO turning up in the western suburbs to help their daughters because she needs to be generous to those poorer than herself. What? This is, this is definitely a thing. This, this is, is definitely a real thing. what the Labour Party wants. It is an insult and it is demeaning. The attitude from these well-meaning yet misguided Mercedes socialists who, while proffering <laughs> support, are hiding their wealth in some tax haven. Yes, that's, um, that's who's out there. socialists. I thought we were all unemployed. Yeah, I'm, I'm very confused by the image that this person has of, like, people who want like you know an increase in social welfare people who want uh like people who want new start to be like a living wage and all that sort of thing apparently mm. they are um people who drive mercedes and hide all their wealth in offshore tax havens which is inherently the opposite of socialism but yeah. continue <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm extremely confused by this particular part Helping the oppressed is really just a way to keep their own mixed-up guilt suppressed. Yeah, helping people is the worst. Yeah. I'm normal, and I think that the only reason to help another person is through guilt. Well, again, it's it's just like the same way that, that up the top of this article, this person has very quickly betrayed their actual feelings by saying that anybody on a pension is a drain on society. Yeah. Um, and then coming in to say, hey, the only reason that anyone would try to help oppressed people is because they've been guilted into it. Yep. Uh, and frankly, people like me and my family don't want anything to do with their delusions of grandeur and their assumptions that somehow their lives are better than ours because they have more money. What? She's hasn't. She's very confused. Sorry, so the socialists are the people with more money who look down on her? And who hide their money in tax havens. Oh, and the sweetie. only reason to help anyone is because, because you've been guilted into doing it. 
but helping people who they assume can't help themselves because they weren't lucky enough to go to Kincopple or the like. Is that like a Sydney private must school? Must be a something? Sydney thing. Is actually even more sinister. It is a form of power and control. It ensures the poor are never enabled to look after themselves as they take the payout that yells to them, you are useless without me, your generous benefactor. Oh, I love this argument that it's the, the poor need to be empowered by having no money. Yep. Because, yep. mm. uh, I mean, yeah, if there's one thing that we've seen, it's that... You know, people people who need unemployment benefits um, are really, really helped out by having to do like 30, 30 job interviews a month and um, a whole bunch of jumping through hoops and all that sort of thing. Yeah, like, working you know, for the doll, are, which is far below minimum wage. That's really empowering. Like, they, they were talking about this the other week on that god-awful show Studio 10 with Carrie Ann Kennelly and Joe Hildebrand and everything. Even fucking Joe Hildebrand, who is as dumb as a block of wood, even he was saying about this. Um, they were talking about uh, they were talking about there being like you know a big crackdown on on welfare recipients and stuff where they were cutting off people's welfare payments mm. due to like repeat um, repeat infractions of this system. Of where you have to like keep regularly reporting in and reporting, you know, what jobs you're applying for and all that sort of stuff. Except that they're doing that to homeless people. So there's homeless people that they're taking off job benefits because oh, they're cool. not like. And even Joe Hildebrand was able to say like, how how does this help anybody? You don't you don't help people get into a job by taking away the only money that they're getting. If somebody's homeless then, you know, they already have enough trouble with things like accessing a computer and the internet mm -hmm. where you need to do all of this stuff and like finding somewhere to have a shower and get some clean clothes so you can go to a job interview and all this sort of shit. This idea that like just by constantly taking away any form of safety net that people have will somehow magically compel them into into going oh well now i'll i'll suddenly get a job suddenly that I i'll get, get the job that didn't ago. exist just purely by the numbers before this i'll just will well, myself into it again even joe hildebrand was like the fundamental problem that this comes down to is that there are more unemployed people than there are available jobs in this country incredibly simple <laughs> It's very, very simply said there are always going to be some unemployed people. And if you have this whole thing, these incredibly punitive measures of of trying to make sure that as many people as possible are getting kicked off it, you're not fucking doing anything to help them. No. Just making the entire thing harder and making it more likely that people will wind up in prison, have their lives go even further off the rails, but all that so that this fucking lady can feel like nobody's getting a handout. That's gonna make them make them feel bad. <sighs> she says it maintains the status quo and keeps clear space between the rich and lowly poor. It is the opposite of Australia, where everyone is equal and movement through the classes is possible. A beautiful egalitarian promise that needs protection. Not what any of those words mean. Like, yeah, I just I just don't understand anybody like this who cannot see the connection between, like, being provided with a basic form of sustenance and, like, uh, you know, social and medical safety nets that mean things like if you are, if you are like, injured or sick or something like that, that it doesn't mean that you're just put out on the street. Yeah. Um, or, or yeah, that if, if for the many reasons that people find themselves out of work, again, a lot of which are to do with policies championed by the government that this lady voted for in the first place. That's right. <sighs> she goes on. Delusion, hypocrisy, and a complete lack of understanding of the Australian spirit is why Labour lost on the weekend. People don't want help from those with ocean views. They want to stand on their own two feet and provide for themselves and their families and maybe one day buy a view of their own. And of course, we know that like unemployed people can do that 
by having their unemployment benefits cut off. Yeah, that definitely helps you. Just really inspires people. Also, definitely when I was unemployed, I was thinking about the, the house with a view that I was going to one day buy. It's just... Just ridiculous. Like... <laughs> well, e- even then, I'm sure that I'm. I'm sure that you were thinking to yourself when you were collecting the doll. Mm. Oh, I'm really resentful of people who paid their taxes so that I could yeah. get enough money to buy some food. Damn! Stop giving me this money. Stop I hate eating. Down on me. Yeah, <laughs> I hate this eating. Oh, if you gave me a bit more money so that I could pay my rent and eat, oh, that'd it'd make, make me, me feel madder. like shit. It'd make me so angry. Oh. oh, just incredible. This is this is what people think of the poor. It's incredible. Well, it's just... And, and what's remarkable about it, of course, is the cognitive dissonance between both talking about how incredibly hard a life, you know, your parents have had and how hard they had to work, specifically because they received no form of support from anybody. Mm-hmm. And then to go on about how nobody wants or requires any kind of support. It's yep. like, yeah, maybe maybe if your parents had have had, have had access to some kind of support, your dad wouldn't have had to, like, quit school and go work in a fucking fruit shop. Maybe they wouldn't have been so mad and raised you to be such a selfish asshole. Absolutely. Oh. Mm. <sighs> The libs have enabled people to be independent and grow like a parent that recognizes painfully that they have to stand back and let their children live their own lives, no matter the consequences or how many fucking years you have to pay for their uni fees. <laughs> There's nothing like Yeah, I love let it standing <laughs> back and letting my daughter live her own life while I pay her way through university. Yeah, well, I work a bunch of jobs after she's turned 18 in order to pay for her education. Mm. Weird. If they don't, they know the child will never become a useful adult and will remain dependent on them. It is easier to rush in and help, to believe they need you and want you, and it makes you feel good. Um, not helping my children to own, <laughs> to own the left. Oh, boy. Uh, this is just a real so picture harder. of what they think. I love it. Well, and and that at the end of the day, I mean, I know I've said this many times on this show. At the end of the day, what this shit is all about is just about doing all the mental gymnastics and everything that you have to do to justify complete selfishness. Mm -hmm. To say the society I want to live in is one that has enabled me to have a nice life. And I don't want to have to give a fucking dime of anything to anyone else. Yeah, it's the classic Australian I've got mine attitude. Yep. And that's what we love to see. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Depressing stuff, um, but really good that this is this is what is dominating the pages of our newspapers at the moment. Mm. Just people um, explaining, just people bleating in a very offended voice about why it's actually good that they voted yeah. for the party of selfish. I'm not selfish. Here's 10 selfish reasons why I voted for this party. <sighs> good stuff. I love to do our 100th episode with a bunch of uh, really positive, <laughs> exciting takes. Maybe we should try and think of something positive to talk about for next week. <laughs> We'll come up with it. We'll think of something. If you notice the absence of Ben, he has had to quietly abscond during the episode in order to go and catch a flight on a small plane. Slunk away. Yeah, I don't know where he's going. I think, isn't he going to like ride in a a little submarine somewhere? Oh, that sounds like fun. And he gets to fly in a cool little plane. Fly in a cool little plane and go on a submarine. So, who knows what the hell is going on with that, but we'll ask him about it when he gets back. In a fucker. He's riding the fucker. Meet the fuckers. Meet the fuckers, indeed. Oh, my God. Did they make three of those movies? They made a lot of those movies. (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, that'll do us, everybody. Thank you for... I can only assume that you have listened to 100 episodes of this show. 100. Uh, Thank you for doing so. Um, when you think about it, though, we've made more like 180 episodes and you can listen to all those other spare ones by going over to patreon.com forward slash Punta Vista. 
slapping down five clams a month. Just five. Extra episode every week. It's only five. It's the price of a... Well, it's the US dollars, so it's the price of an expensive sandwich from a cafe. Or uh, maybe a large frappuccino from McDonald's or something. Mm, a fancy one. Yeah. One fancy coffee a month. You can't you can't give that up just for us? Yeah. Come on. Bloody elites. That's right. That's right. Also, of course, we have our um, we have our extra extra things going on over on the Patreon. You get access to the Discord, and you get to be um, depending on what level you subscribe at, um, you can join the movie club, where you get to watch um, movies on a live stream with me and Ben and whoever else. Sometimes the rest of us, maybe. You get to vote on which movie we will be watching from Fortnite to Fortnite um, this week. The movie is either going to be uh, The Sword and the Sorcerer from 1982 or The Three Fantastic Supermen from 1967. Quality stuff. The voting Sounds is neck good. and neck. So, please uh, sign up. Sign up and get your vote in. And, uh, yeah, I think that'll do us. Thanks for your time, That's everybody. It. Cheers. Sorry, our, our politics is a stupid, stupid hellhole. Send us some positive news for next send week, us, please. Please send us some positive I'm news. So hey, you depressed. guys. At com. Oh, also, I just did an appearance on uh, our UK sister sister podcast, Full of Bros, uh, Trash Future. So please keep an ear out for that. Have a listen to those guys. They're always good fun. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.